let's imagine that the Christianity is a soup and yes. <laughs> I'd say that we are missing something. We are missing, you know, yes. the beans <laughs> from Latin America. And, <laughs> and you know, for, for, for me uh, to be here in Canada is part of a long-term project. just part of a process of a big gut movement who is, you know, uh, moving um, his players all around the world. And I think he is, he brought us here, you know, to, to be part of a global culture and to help to put some of that richness into the soup of global Christianity. My name is Angel Torero. I want to welcome you to On Mission with Chris Wright, a podcast produced by Langham Partnership. Visit langham.org to learn more about Langham. What can Christians in Indiana learn from Christians in Indonesia? How can church leaders in Mumbai equip pastors in Miami, which is where I live and serve? On this podcast, we listen in on conversations between Chris Wright and church leaders in Africa, Asia, and Latin America, where my family has their roots. We hope you discover how much wisdom the church in the West has to gain from their sisters and brothers in villages and towns around the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Langham Partnership, a ministry founded by John Stott, to equip church leaders in the majority world. Visit langham.org to learn more about Langham and explore more resources from global church leaders. Our host is Dr. Christopher J.H. Wright, known to many as Chris Wright, a respected theologian and award-winning author of more than 30 books, including critically acclaimed The Mission of God, Unlocking the Bible's Grand Narrative. When he's not writing books, Chris serves as Global Ambassador and Ministry Director for Langham. Today, we pick up a part two of Chris's talk with Santiago Benavides, a Colombian songwriter and musical artist who is currently on mission in Canada, living and ministering among Latin American immigrant communities, supporting missionaries serving throughout Latin America, and encouraging other artists in their calling. Chris and Santiago continued their discussion on the intersection of art, faith, and mission with a look behind the scenes at Santiago's powerful song, El Russo, and the cartel hitman turned pastor who inspired it. They'll also explore how the people of Colombia retain faith, resilience, and hope despite the devastation left behind by 60 years of guerrilla warfare, drug cartels, and the internal displacement of millions of people. Dame una fe sencilla, como risa de niños cuando juegan, como gota de rocío que se rueda. I need to come back to your experience in the Biblical Seminary in Medellin, the, the Biblical Seminary of Colombia, where you studied theology and one of your teachers was uh, one of our beloved Langham scholars, Milton Acosta. Um, and I remember Ben Homan, the president of Langham Partnership in the USA, once saying, we love our scholars, but we love their students more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
probably heard him say yes. that, which is why he found your story and uh, life and vocation so, in a sense, so inspiring, because in some ways, at least in some respects, you are the product of the teaching and the input of a language Probably. scholar, Milton Acosta. So I'm wondering if you'd like to tell us a bit about that and anything in particular that you learned from him in your studies there in Medellin. Well, many things I can tell about oh. Milton. The first, thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is his sense of humor, <laughs> yes, that's right. which is always a mark of intelligence, you know. A sense of humor is always a mark of intelligence. Uh, and, uh, well, of course, uh, I can admire his excellence. He's an excellent scholar and very, very committed, not just to the academy, but also to Colombian reality. Uh, but the thing I appreciated most about Milton, uh, apart from, apart from his personal life, he was very, also very, very kind and very attentive. Uh, is that uh, he made us to understand? He made us under to understand. Yes, that uh, beyond uh, the the scriptures, which we tend to see as a something religious, you know. There was a living, actual culture. He wrote a book, and its title was always very, very, you know, remarkable to me. He wrote a book called um, "The Humor in the Old Testament," and That's the right. subtitle he uh, he he fucked for this uh, the book. And maybe some of you don't know about it because. Later on, he decided not to put this subtitle, but he, the subtitle he thought was, well, I mean, the title was and the humor in the Old Testament, and the subtitle was a very serious subject. Yes. <laughs> Good for Which him. was, of course, a very, very, you know, funny thing in Spanish. You know, the, yes. the play of the words is great. But, yes. uh, you know, he, he was maybe the first person who led, me, who led me to think that there was a culture that, for example, for example, let's say this. And it was, it has been so crucial to me to remember what, when, when writing songs, for example. He was the first person that let me know, let me see that Jesus didn't tell religious stories. Mm -hmm. Jesus told, you know, stories about life, about the sun, about, you know, a, a grower who was, you know, planting the seeds and all that stuff, you know, uh, things that most of the people could relate with. And, you know, just think about it, just, you know, to realize that Jesus didn't tell religious stories. It is, it has, you know, uh, it is um, it 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 makes a difference in the way we approach to our teaching, to our art creating, you know, as mm -hmm. as Christian artists, because our you know, um, yes, let's say let's put it this way, temptation is just to 
uh, use what we know is um, already regulated by the orthodoxy. <laughs> yes, yes, safe. Safe, absolutely. <laughs> in terms of language, in terms of content, and in terms of proposal. And certainly Jesus was not safe. Absolutely. <laughs> it, and we need to, rem to remind that because that's right. may maybe yes. this, this safety, this, uh, this um, fear to offend is the thing that, you know, uh, enslaves us mm -hmm. the most. I mean, mm -hmm. I I'm thinking uh, of artists, of Christian artists. Mm -hmm. The fear, and of course, it was because it was because he wasn't safe. He wasn't safe that they crucified him. So, when you follow in his footsteps, as he pointed out, um, you will sometimes get that kind of treatment as well. Absolutely, yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. While you were there at uh, the seminary in Medellin, you met uh, Julian uh, El Russo, and yeah. <laughs> quite a character. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a character now. We've, many of us have heard the song that you wrote about him. Just as briefly as you can, tell us the story of uh, Julian and how it came that you met him and why you then wrote that song about him. Well, I met Julian. Uh, at the seminary, he was one of our classmates, and it was very notorious that he struggled a lot to learn. And <laughs> yes. um, when wondering why, we start uh, discovering his history, his story. Sorry, um, it happens that Julian uh, grew up in the outskirts of Medellin, in one of the most dangerous slums there, uh, the Comuna Nororiental. And Julian uh, got involved with the gangs at a very early age. He, he, I mean, I mean, he came from a small town in Colombia called Pen Pennsylvania, which is not <laughs> the not, U.S. Not Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, but a small town called that way. And he came because he had an accident. A big fruit, a mango, you know, fell on his eye and uh, twisted it. So his family moved to Medellin looking for attention for his kid. And he, you know, he had to, you know, to face the, the mockery of his mates at school and all that stuff. And when he, you know, got his eye strength uh, straightened, um, his heart was, you know, already twisted. And yeah. he started, you know, looking for acceptance and respect among the gangs. So rapidly, he 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 evolved in the in the you know gang world, in the 
uh, yeah, the, the underworld down there in Medellin. And he, he made it to be one of the, you know, one of the soldiers of the Escobar's uh, drugs cartel in the 80s, during the 80s. Mm -hmm. And when ending one of the vueltas, one of the, you know, crime diligences he had to make, uh, he was cut by the police and ended mm -hmm. up in prison. Mm -hmm. And in prison, while in prison, he start think, started thinking to, you know, to kill himself. He was so desperate, absolutely no hope without, with absolutely no hope. And when thinking of it, an uh, inmate uh, with him, who was with him, uh, he, he saw that Julian was thinking of, you know, killing himself. And he told, hey, dude, don't do it. I know something that can change your life. And he wasn't, <laughs> of course, a theological <laughs> scholar. He yeah. just was an inmate. And he said, Jesus can change your life. And G Julian didn't uh, believe a word of that, but he he decided not to kill himself. And some days later, start to talk with this guy, and start to attend the the church of the jail. And while in the jail, he start you know becoming a Christian. And ten years later, he was released and start a ministry in the very same neighborhood when that uh, he when he grew up um at, at those you know years so mm. i knew this story and i thought it has to be told as a song and i wrote yes. a song called el russo which was his nickname in the you know gang world uh, rapidly, yeah. this song, you know, uh, was, you know, spread along the National Geography. And later, when we made a travel to with my band uh, to Chile, we sang uh, El Russo down there. And mm -hmm. the people was like, you know, um, impressed by the song and oh, not the song, but the story. Yeah, sure. More than the song. And they wrote to Julian. They asked him to come to visit them, to go to visit them. Oh. And Julian did. Very happy. It was the first time he took a plane. <laughs> yes. uh, and after one month uh, of being with them, they say to Julian, Julian, we have been prayed a lot for a pastor. And we wonder mm -hmm. if you and your wife who was the, the lady who was teaching his Bible uh, mm -hmm. when he was an inmate at Bella Vista, the prison in Medellin. Yeah. I wonder, mm -hmm. the, the people say, we wonder if you can be our pastors. So mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. since, I don't know, eight or nine years now, um, Julian and Eliana and their kids, Mateo and Juan Marcos, they traveled, they moved to Southern Chile and they, they are pastors of a very, very, very blessed church that has had a huge, huge impact, not just in the life of the city, but now that there are a lot of migrants walking that way, uh, they, they have, you know, coordinated all the efforts of the city, you know, to 
bring uh, some shelter to these migrants. So mm. it is my, I, I am more than, more than proud of it. I just, I am, yeah. you know, um, amazed, mm -hmm. kind of overwhelmed how God can use such a simple thing as a song. And let me say this, we met yeah. in one of Langham Scholars <laughs> classes, <laughs> courses with, with yeah. Dr. Milton Acosta. With, with Dr. Milton Acosta, so we met, met there. the Russian, so El Russo. In the context of Langham, yeah. I met Julian, made this song. Yeah. This song spread uh, along Latin yeah. America. Finally, Julian ended up being a pastor down there and being such a blessing for all this region. It sounds like you'll have to write another verse to the song. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't know that bit about him being a pastor in Chile. So I will that's, send that's you a wonderful... I will send you a pic. So you can use, okay. you can add to the you know final cut of the yep. interview. Lovely, that's great. Well, having talked a bit about uh, the uh, cartels and the drugs and everything in Colombia, which many people know about, perhaps it's time to actually go to Colombia for a little while as we uh, in the later part of our discussion. We we always try to. Uh, put a country on the map, as it were, for, for people who are listening. And I think most people will know that Colombia is there at the very top end, as it were, of, of Latin America, uh, just below Panama with uh, a coastline which uh, faces out onto the Pacific on, in the west and also up into the Caribbean. So it has that blessing of two oceans, in a yeah. sense. Population of about 50 million people and a country that's uh, I reckon is about twice the size of Texas, um, or about the same size as uh, Queensland in, in, the, in Australia, roughly the same size as Ethiopia. So that gives us some people some idea of, uh, of the size of Colombia. And I've only been there once, and that was just the Medellin itself. Mm. Um, but, I mean, people know such bad things about Colombia, but I'd, I'd like you to tell us some good things. You know, what do you love about your country and the, your culture? Well, let me tell you, Colombia is a wonderful, wonderful country. Those who haven't um, been there yet have to. <laughs> have okay. to. Uh, Colombia is a, a land of artists. It's not in vain that many of the well-known artists of the moment are coming from Colombia, and specifically many of them are coming from Medellin, which is the second main city. But in mm -hmm. some in some ways, you know, they 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 mock each other. Bogota and Medellin, which is Bogota is the capital, and Medellin is the second main city. They mug each other yeah. saying, we should be the capital. No, you are the second main city and all that stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, Colombia is a, is a land of mountains, of incredible uh, natural beauty. Uh, it's also a land of talent, a land of joy, of dance. You know, people in Colombia sometimes say, they have a say that Colombia is el mejor vividero del mundo, the best place on the earth to live. To live. Um, and of course, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but just the fact that in despite of all our problems, people are capable to say such thing is meaningful, significant. Mm -hmm. How? In the midst of such adversity, people can say we are the. This is the best play, place on earth to live. Although it's not true, yes. <laughs> in terms yes. of yes. you know statistic statistic figures and 
things like that. Uh, the fact they think that way is meaningful. Mm. And now that, yeah, that I am an immigrant and I love so much this country and I'm so grateful for the fact that Canada has been as a, such welcoming country, I missed Colombia a lot. Uh, mm. So let me put it put this way. Let, yeah, no, it's, uh, let me um, tell you something that I recently lived in Colombia. I I was staying in a in an apartment with, with some friends, and they live nearby one of the most dangerous areas of Medellin, which is called the Comuna 13, La Comuna 13. Uh, it's a it's a place with mountains and all you know the the little casitas in the mountain. Um, it reminds me a bit of the favelas in Rio. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of the poorest areas of the city, one of the slums of mm-hmm. the city. And while staying there, I remember that I I went to the balcony, you know, to breathe the fresh the fre- the fresh air of the night of the yeah night of Medellin mm-hmm. and it was amazing for me to see all the Comuna 13 with its lightning um, mm-hmm. I heard people you know singing dancing mm-hmm. uh, whispers of children you know playing around Dame una fe sencilla como risa de niños cuando juegan Como gota de rocío que se rueda Como cruz de rústica madera <laughs> yes, And yes. I am not, uh, you know, blind or naive enough to say that it means that it is a paradise. No, it is not a paradise. But in despite of all the problems, life emerges. Uh, Colombia is a resilient land and I would say that that mark, that faith that we can make it because God is keeping us, you know, is sustaining us. And if in Colombia, it doesn't depend if you are evangelical or whatever. People will say, mi Dios está conmigo. Our God is with me. My God is with me. You yes. know, mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. attitude uh, yeah. for life yeah. is one of our, you know, landmarks. And yes. you have to go to experience that yourself, yeah. And that is amazing because, uh, as we all know, uh, Colombia has had a very tough history for these last decades, really, about 60 years or so of the uh, the guerrilla warfare, the, the, the drug cartels, which I presume are still active in many ways, and, of course, the number of internally displaced people. So tell us something about that sadder side of Colombian life as well. Yeah, unfortunately, Colombia has a long story of not solving the things by the legal way. I mean, Mm -hmm. very, very soon, we Colombians realized that there is no way to solve things by the legal path, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we figure out, we figured out that if we need to get to get something done, it must be by our own, you know, whether it's lawful or unlawful is other subject. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. yes. So it, it, this, you know, this conviction has led to uh, a huge figures of violence and corruption. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I would say that, and that that you know, the presence of violence and corruption everywhere uh, has created also a culture of illegality. And mm-hmm. for me, that is the main uh, challenge now. Uh, yes, as a for the Colombian Church, we need to point to that core belief in our culture that there is no way to go ahead without uh, being in some way unlawful. Mm -hmm. It's a big challenge because once that kind of culture of illegality takes hold, it is very, very difficult to get back to um, a just system. I, I think that is, again, thinking theologically. Exactly. One of the reasons why in the Old Testament there is such an emphasis not only on justice, but also on the process of law that that God, you know, has so much to say to to judges and witnesses and courts and and everything. Because once once a legal system itself becomes corrupt, there's almost no way back to have redress of of the injustices and and so on that which are endemic in most human cultures. Um, so that that is it is very hard to hear that. And when you think of the church in Colombia. How how does the church respond to these realities, uh, and 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 what what is the state of the church in Colombia at the moment? I mean, I've, in my opinion, the church is making a wonderful role in mm-hmm. Colombia. I have nothing but respect for the Colombian leaders, the Colombian churches, mm-hmm. independently mm-hmm. of their you know denomination or mm-hmm. you know yeah style. They can be Pentecostal, Baptists, Roman Catholics, and I have not nothing but respect and love and gratefulness for them. And mm-hmm. you, you said something that is very true, that it is very difficult to change that reality when the culture itself has been uh, defiled by these beliefs. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I see in this the main or the most uh, hopeful scenar- scenario for the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. I myself, I was a kid who grew up in the streets of Bogota. I wasn't a poor guy. I was not a poor guy, but my family was struggling a lot, a lot financially. And to be totally honest, I didn't see you know, a way for me to go ahead. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So I, I start very, very young to singing at buses and at the corners of Bogota, uh, trying, you know, to gain attention through some way. I remember that I start uh, singing very, very rude, rude songs with a lot of obscenities and things like that. And when I, when I, you know, heard the gospel and I start, for example, I remember that in our youth group, we sang a song which is a psalm uh, that says, uh, delight, find your delight in the Lord, and he will grant the deepest dreams of your heart, for example, mm-hmm. which is yeah. totally biblical. And for some, you know, kind of prevention to um, prosperity gospel, we are not longer talking about that much, but mm-hmm. it is a crucial message. And for me, 
it was my salvation. You know, I, 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 I grabbed that through with mm -hmm. all my heart. Yes, even though I can't say, I can't see a path, I know that the Lord knows what is in my heart. And I know that he will make a, a path for that. He will bring a breakthrough in midst of mm -hmm. this situation, in the midst of this situation. Mm -hmm. And now that I have, you know, lived my 40s uh, and I have experienced that that is not just a, a, a good, you know, a, a nice say, an optimistic say, you know, to calm down uh, your sorrow or your hopelessness, but there, that is a true, you know. The thing I, like, I would like the most is to go and tell, for example, the youth of my country that there's there is that god is uh, making a pathway for them in the midst of you know this reality and for me it is so beautiful to see that there are there are a lot a lot of youth uh, young leaders artists entrepreneurs uh, you know hanging on that certainty and walking by faith in Colombia. And for me, that, that, that is, is that. Yeah, I, I, I'm very encouraged to hear that because uh, th there are other sides to the story as well. And, and, and people it's 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 hanging on to that hope and that faith in God in the midst of circumstances that seem all the time to deny it. Um, I remember your good friend Jorge Atiencia um, a lovely Colombian brother, we love him very much in Langham, once saying when some of the more recent violence was, was getting even worse in Colombia that he said he would, at that time, he said he felt he was living a kind of Habakkuk faith uh, or a Habakkuk life, um, that is, walking by faith but without the blessing, that is, trusting in God, but not not seeing, as it were, the results of it. But what you're saying is that there is a voice that can preach faith, but also say God will make that way and God will provide for those he cares for. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is my certainty now. And that is, I would say that if we need to, if we need uh, to put our core belief, our message in just one phrase, that would be mine. God will make a way for you. Uh, mm -hmm. And even though the circumstances are desperately bad, God will make a way for you to go on and um, for your family to go mm -hmm. ahead. Um, for, when we got married with my wife, we choose and we, I recognize we weren't that original <laughs> in this. We choose, we picked up of our, you know, verse for our wedding, that fa famous verse of Jeremiah 29, you know, because mm -hmm. I know the plans that I have for you. Then even though it's not, uh, you know, the, the, the most cryptical or enigmatic verse and is very <laughs> used and maybe abused, <laughs> I do think uh, that reality that God has plans for good and he intends to, yeah. to do good to his people. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is a message. 
And let me say this. Maybe if we were talking, if we would talk uh, about this three years ago, I would have to try to make a more sophisticated statement. But now I am an immigrant. Mm -hmm. And I need to hang on these certain things day by day. So in, in my daily life, there's no room for sophistication, which is not useful, absolutely useful for my day by day, for my step by step. So that is the reason because maybe I have arrived to that, you know, conclusion, to that way to summarize my faith now. And that, that verse that you quoted from Jeremiah, of course, was also written to people who weren't exactly immigrants. They were exiles, uh, and they weren't there by choice, of course. They were there because of the judgment of God, and so they were in a, a desperate situation. Uh, and, and yet God says uh, that they're to settle there and they're to pray for the city where God has put them and to seek the shalom of the city. And then God says, and I've got good plans for you, even though those good plans would take another 70 Absolutely. years to come yeah. to fruition so it was it was a long-term promise and hope for, for more for their children and, and their grandchildren than necessarily themselves but it is still the truth that that God cares for his people and that God's goodness will win what message would you have then you, you said this is what you would want to say to young people in Colombia but you're now in Canada uh, and you, obviously you've traveled elsewhere in the world what would you say that either you personally or the church in Colombia would want to say to the, the Western church, meaning the, the wealthier church of, of the North, for whom the kind of childhood that you had uh, would, would not really ring true? People have so many opportunities, so many paths that are already open to them. Uh, what, is the, what is the word of the Colombian church to the, to the Western church? Well, not just for the Colombian church, but for the immigrant church. <laughs> I'd say yeah. that uh, we, we put a seed of faith and resilience and hope, you know. Uh, and uh, I, I remember that I had the wonderful opportunity, to the, the gift, uh, to be into world global gatherings, both in Malaysia 2006 with the Lausanne movement and then in the, in the fourth, in the third um, Congress in Cape Town. You were in yep. Cape Town? We should have met yes, there. Maybe. I was in Cape Town too, but we, we didn't know each other then. <laughs> you know, I was maybe one of the youngest men there and <laughs> uh, it was a great experience for me. And I remember thinking... Something which is not, a, you know, ethnocentric or something like that. But I, I remember thinking, it's uh, what a shame that as we just speak Spanish, because in Latin America, <laughs> maybe we are the region of the world that are less, you know, uh, willing to speak other languages and especially English. But now the, the thing is changing. Yeah, not, not that quickly, but uh, yeah, it's better than before. Uh, but what a shame that we are not able to put all the richness of Latin American heritage in the world Christianity. 
taste. Mm. Let's imagine yes. that the Christianity is a soup. And yes. <laughs> I'd say that we are missing something. We are missing, you know, yes. the beans <laughs> yes. from mm -hmm. Latin America. And, <laughs> and you know, for, for, for me uh, to be here is part of a long-term project, which is not absolutely, I am part of it. I am not, I am not the process itself. You know, I'm just part of a process of a big gut movement who is, you know, uh, moving um, his players all around the world. And I think he is, he brought us here, you know, to, to be part of a global culture and to help to put some of that richness into the soup of global Christianity. Yeah. That's lovely. I, I appreciate that. And I, I very much hope that will be the case, because I must say that although I can't speak Spanish myself, every visit that I've made to Latin America, I have enjoyed so much. And I, I've been to Argentina and to mm. Bolivia and Peru and Ecuador and Brazil. And um, every time it's, it's enriching, it's enjoyable, there's such a warmth. Uh, it's it's such a vibrant Christian culture, um, which doesn't make it perfect by any means, but it's 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 very much part of God's God's church. And I think I would use rather than the image of soup, which is sort of all blended together, it's I I think more of a salad bowl, okay. you know, in yeah. which everything healthy. is there with all the different <laughs> all the different colors and textures and flavors, but each one retaining its own distinctness, but somehow all together within the salad bowl. So. Yeah, so that's wonderful. So, uh, Santiago, what's what's next? Uh, are, are you aware of any particular thing coming up that we could pray for? Well, thank you. Well, the next projects we have is to translate some some songs into English. We have a start yet, good, uh, and we are working on it. Now we mm -hmm. we have maybe eight or seven songs uh, already translated, well translated. Uh, practicing my pronunciation <laughs> to sing them well, um, and that is one one project. Uh, another project we have is to keep doing our Canta Palabra, uh, you know, project. We we already mm -hmm. uh, recorded and published the first season based on Romans. Mm -hmm. Now we are working on another season, maybe based on Psalms, uh, which is. That would be good. Yeah, so we're working. I would, on, I would recommend our, that. Our, I would recommend well, that. You. you can you can ch check them out on YouTube. Canta palabra Santiago Navies, and you will see uh, 14 mm -hmm. videos with this mm -hmm. uh, chosen uh, verses of Romans. Uh, well, now we have um, some. We we are restarting our trips, which is a thing that makes me very happy. Uh, to, tonight I'm on my way to Colombia and in January we're going to Spain and in February, God's willing, we're going to we're heading south to Argentina and Chile uh, Good. Yes, very happy about that and how can you pray mm -hmm. for us please pray for our family our adaptation process and I'd like to ask your prayers for this especially, we're looking for the PR, the permanent residence here in Canada it has been a challenging mm -hmm. process, and I, I'm saying this with no hidden intentions, really. But one of the things that we must prove that we are financial, uh, financially sustainable, you know, here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And we work mm -hmm. with a uh, um, missionary 
agency, LAM, Latin American Mission. But maybe yeah. most of you are uh, familiar with uh, with uh, these missionary agencies. They don't pay their workers. Mm -hmm. They are just channels, mm -hmm. you know, to yeah. to for for the the, the donors to make um, you know a formal um, donation yeah. for the workers. Yeah. So. Uh, we are, you know, in the process of raising funds. Uh, most of our donors comes from Latin America, which is another mm -hmm. challenge because we are not living in Bogota now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yes, please pray for us in that way. We are very, mm -hmm. we have learned, you know, to trust God. No, well, not we have learned. It sounds like we are totally done with that task. No, we are in the process of learning, but one thing we have learned during this time is that God is under control. Yeah, God has mm -hmm. everything under control. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so mm -hmm. yes, pray for that, and that is our mm -hmm. wish, our Thank project you. as family, and we hope to be a bridge between these two words, Latin America and the global culture. And mm -hmm. yes, the Good. rest is uh, well, on God's hands. Let us certainly pray for that, and uh, uh, and I will do that right now. And I'm also, uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this conversation with Santiago. I do pray for him and Diana and their son and daughter that you will provide for them. They've proved already uh, over many years that you can and that you do. And so we pray that you will bless them as they continue to trust you in that way. Protect them also in these travels that they will be doing uh, to different parts of the world in this world which is so uh, rent with the COVID and the pandemic. We just pray that you'll protect them and their health and their lives in that ministry as well. So go with them, Lord, in all that you have for them in their life and their ministry into the future because we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. Ruso le decían en el bajo mundo de Medellín De todos los del negocio, tan solo él pudo sobrevivir that's it for today's episode. What a joy it is to hear from an artist and theologian like Santiago who is using his voice and his gifts to move across borders and minister to the global church. As Chris said, mission is from everywhere to everywhere. Thanks for joining us today and follow the link in the episode description to hear more of Santiago's music, including his newest album, Canta Palabra. Again, I'm Angel Torero, and thank you for joining me for On Mission with Chris Wright, a podcast produced by Langham Partnership. Visit langham.org to discover how they multiply and equip leaders around the world. If you enjoyed today's conversation, will you let us know by giving us a review and sharing this with a friend? And then join me for future episodes where we'll be talking to leaders in Zambia, Palestine, Kenya, Brazil, and beyond. We look forward to having you join for our next episode of On Mission with Chris Wright. In the meantime, God bless. 25 years of condemnation, they gave